Hey everyone, it's your co-host Pat, and I just wanted to quickly say thank you so much for tuning in week after week and making season one of the Founder Hour so freaking epic. We couldn't be more excited to kick off season two in just a few seconds, but before we do, just a reminder to please subscribe to the podcast as well as our newsletter at www.thefounderhour.com to get updates on new episodes, giveaways, content, and more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at The Founder Hour. Hit us up, let us know what you think of the show, any guests you'd like to hear from, and any thoughts you might have. We really appreciate all the feedback we can get. All right, season two, let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Founder Hour. This is your co-host, Posh. I'm here with Pat. And we're here with our guest, Lilith. Lilith, thanks for having us at your offices. And we're so excited to have this conversation with you about your journey, your upbringing, and what you're up to these days. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So let's start it off where we always start off and you know, tell our audience a little bit about yourself for those who don't know you. Um, give us a little bit about your background. Uh, so I am Armenian. I was born in Armenia, Yerevan, Armenia, and I came to America when I was three. So I don't remember much. I was pretty much raised in uh, America. And I, you know, I went to school. I went with the regular route of what every parent thinks their child should do, which is, you know, college, university, get your degree. Mm-hmm. So I have my master's in business administration. During the time between high school and graduating college, I decided I want to pursue a hobby slash career in makeup. So What age is this around? I am 17 years old. And between high school and college, I had a summer break. So I took a makeup course, which was Mm. just one month. At MUD, by At entrance. MUD in Burbank, and yeah. What, that the was only one so long ago. <laughs> uh, what inspired, like, what, what inspired you to do that? Like, was there, was there, like, one point where you're like, oh, I got to do this? Uh, you know what? No. It was just, you know, I was always used to being busy. And that summer, I didn't have anything going on. And a friend of mine was like, hey, let's go to makeup school. I was like, okay. So <laughs> it really was just the thought that I just jumped on. And I thought, how exciting. We'll go do makeup on on movie sets, on Mm -hmm. celebrities. And, you know, that was – we were 17. We were excited about that world. So we just did it for fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Honestly, I never thought I'd make a career out of it. I never thought it would evolve uh, the way it has. It just was something I did for fun. And then I did it on the side for about 10 years Mm -hmm. while I was working in a senior – senior living um, apartments mm-hmm. where I managed and I also worked for a lawyer as a law clerk for a while and then I was at Disney in finance so I was kind of like all over the place trying mm-hmm. to figure out where I want to be yeah. and I was at Disney in finance and not truly happy in the corporate world. I just felt like no matter how hard I worked, um, the appreciation wasn't there, not as much as I thought I, I deserved mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just never put in my 100% because it just, I didn't love it. Right. I just did it because I thought I had to do it. And it was a great, yeah. you know, company to be with. And it really, truly was. But I just wasn't, like, fulfilled. And um, so... And you were doing makeup at the same time? I was still doing makeup on the weekend. So I was going to work uh, during the week from 9 to 5. Mm-hmm. And then Fridays, I would take clients at 5, 6, 7, 8 in the morning and then rush to work. Is this wow. like pre-social media days? This or? is pre, definitely pre, so pre-Facebook how does anybody, even. how does anybody know about what you're doing? 
you know what? It was just the word of mouth, mm-hmm. me telling my friends. And my classic hair, marketing. Yeah, classic marketing. And, and my mom uh, was doing hair and really actively mm. um, busy with her clients. And she kind of referred me to her clients as well. So thanks to my mom, she yeah. kind of helped shout me get mom. started. Yeah, shout out to mom. Um, and were there a lot of people at this time, like like in your friend group or whatever, doing the same thing? No, or was it kind no, of, okay. no. I feel that I was at the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm with that career because there was not that many makeup artists today. I mean, I've, I've trained yeah. so many in the five years myself. Yeah, you know? I'm curious, like, what was the ecosystem like back then of like makeup? Like, did you have to go into like a, you know, shop and like do your makeup that way or just do it yourself? Or? You know, there was a lot. It, at the time, I feel like it was really popular to go to a department store and yeah. go to a cosmetics right. stand and, that. you know, just get your makeup done. and Naimi's or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm just throwing out uh, names I know. Exa- actually, I worked at Naimi's oh, too, part-time for yeah, a little while and got my experience in yeah. cosmetics a little bit in that field too. But I was just doing it out of home. Um, and it was just kind of like for fun, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't really care where I was and I just – I would either go to the client's house or the client would come to my house. So my schedule was pretty hectic because during the time that I was at Disney and finance, I was getting my master's at Woodbury Mm. and I was taking my clients on the weekend. So I really did not have a life, to be honest with you, for about two years because it was just I never stopped. And throughout this whole time, like, did you think that makeup would eventually become like a career or was Never. it kind of like, this is my creative outlet. This is what I enjoy doing. I'm going to make my money working somewhere and building a career there and then do makeup on the side. Was that kind of. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, for I never thought that makeup would ever be a career. But for why me. not? It just wasn't something that is expected, I think, especially during that time in 2002, 2003. There was expectations of going to college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even my mom was who was a hairstylist, was like, you need to go to school and, you know, make a career with a pen and a paper. Like, this is, you know, hard labor and all these things. But I just, I realized how much I love it. The more I did it, the more passionate I was about it. And I love the way it made my clients feel. Mm-hmm. And um, and I realized I'm good at it. Right. And, you know, and, and I got better and better and better. And I can probably refer to, you know, the 10,000 hours from the outliers. I don't know if you guys have ever read mm-hmm. that. Yep. It says, you Great know, book. you reach your peak career at 10,000 yeah. hours. And it's so true because at 10,000 hours, that was about, you know, that yeah. uh, it was about 2013 when I was like, okay, well, 10 years. I am getting booked a year. In, yeah, because I was only doing it on the weekends, but I was getting booked a year in advance with my customers. Mm-hmm. I started to teach classes because people wanted to learn from me. So I just started doing one off seminars here and there. Mm-hmm. This was, again, during yeah. a time where seminars were not happening. Right. Yeah. Um, explain this yeah. to me. Sorry. Uh, and the, the girls that are probably listening are thinking, Posh, come on. Um, how does somebody book something a year in advance? I mean, like, <laughs> that concept makes no sense to me. But I hear it all the it's, time. You know, I booked my hairstyles I'm a year like in weddings advance. and stuff, right? Like, yeah, that, like, I, was, I was very much in the wedding yeah. industry. That's insane. And the wedding industry worked out for me because I had a full-time job in school and all I could do was weekends. Right. Um, so the wedding industry, you know, these girls are booking their weddings a year in advance. Right, right, right. right. So they want to secure their glam team a year in advance, especially back then where – you know, it wasn't very, you know, makeup artists weren't everywhere yeah. versus they're more available right. and attainable now. And so people really wanted to. And I mean, honestly, that didn't stop for me until like I quit doing makeup. Yeah. People were still booking here in advance because as many makeup artists as they were, here you have this girl who has 15 years of experience that, you know, yeah. you trust that you've gone to for years right. and you don't want to book someone else. So they were 
fighting for appointments a year in advance. Um, to what make do you sure What do you think made spot. you good at makeup? Was there like something you did, or I mean, I'm just kind of curious, like mm-hmm. what made you such an expert in that space? I think I think uh, work ethic has a lot to do with it. Um, even on my spare days, I would bring in friends to do makeup on them, do photo shoots, and just Facebook started rolling along, and I really started to promote and take advantage of fa- uh, Facebook at the time. And I think uh, work ethic and just you can practice, brag. practice, yeah, practice. So yeah. throughout those years, you only get better when you practice. You right. can't get worse. Mm-hmm. So I only got better throughout the years. And once makeup started booming, I was already well known in the industry. What made you, and I guess what makes you now as well? What made you so good at it? Um, I think I started to build a very strong passion for it, like. A love for it. So when you love something and you work hard at it, you can get there, you know, and, and all it just has to do with, you know, giving yourself enough time to get better um, because I teach and sometimes I see students who are great um, three weeks after mm-hmm. leaving my class mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some students I'm just like, oh, you need more time. Yeah. yeah. And a year later they're booming. So everyone ha- definitely mm-hmm. has a different Yeah, we always uh, talk time. about it. It's like the intersection of like what you're passionate about and what you feel like you can put in work for like day in and day out for like 10, 15, 20 years, even though it might take less yeah. than that, like you have to be in it for that long game. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to you're gonna quit. You're going to stop and do something else just like as soon as like things don't Absolutely. You know, look good. So. And, and you know, you just said you can brag. And that's one yeah. thing I have to say that what kept me going and trying to be better and better was I never thought I was the best. Yeah. It was one thing where I was like, okay, I can do better. I can do better. I would you know, use other artists as references, my inspirations at the time, and use them as my, you know, my goal tool. Like, I'm going to be like them. I'm going to be like them. And it just never stopped. So I think it's really important to have confidence, but Mm -hmm. not be so overconfident where you get stuck in your ways. You constantly have to evolve with Mm -hmm. style and the world and techniques. So this is like a side hustle essentially for like 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. Like when, what was the moment where you decided like, I'm going to quit whatever career path I'm on Mm -hmm. and do this full time? And how did you feel about that? Um, At the time I was working just as many hours on a single weekend as I was throughout the entire week at Disney in my corporate job. So I was getting exhausted. (laughs) I was working a lot, meaning I was starting five in the morning, four in the morning, sometimes three 30 in the morning until like nine o'clock at night. So it was just coming to a point where I couldn't handle two jobs and I was making more money on my side job now than I was all week doing something. How did you set your prices? Like what was like, I mean, was there a market rate? (laughs) You know, I, I just, I was a little bit when I started, I was a little bit lower than everyone else because I wanted to get clientele. And, you know, I just kind of used that as a benchmark throughout the years and um, raised it moving forward. Yeah, and yeah. as demand like increased. Yeah, as the demand increased, supply and demand, yeah. yeah. Simple <laughs> economics. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So were you, were you worried, like when you took the leap, were you worried at all, like this may not work out and I have to go back on this, you know, career mm-hmm. path grind again? Or were you like so confident? Not at all. Like, yeah. Not at all. I was 110%. You had seen it. That was like 10 years of data essentially. Yeah, like, yeah. Not, I was 110%. I told my parents, okay, I want to open a studio. And my mom was like, no, I don't want you to do that because she she had a salon previously that had failed when I was younger. But, you know, I, I had grown and I knew social media at that time. I knew how to market myself the right way. And I was booked, again, with my clients a year in advance. I was booked with students, you know, six months to a year in advance. So I was comfortable Mm -hmm. that I would be able to make up for my overhead and then some. You know, I had 
my yeah. financials planned that and way. And if you can go back to that time when you're like 17, 18 years old and obviously like not sure what you want to do and just getting into college and just taking makeup classes, like is there anything you would have done differently or you have told yourself like look out for this and or whatever? Um, I feel like had I done things differently, I don't know if I would have found my passion. I think it's really it would it if had I not succeeded in this career. So let's yeah. say eight years ago, nine years ago, had I thought, okay, well, I don't know if this is working out for me. Maybe I should have continued my education. Maybe I should have been in the corporate world. I don't have any maybes. Mm-hmm. I did my education. I put in my time at the corporate world, and I just. I was done with it. Yeah, so you, gave, I, you gave it its time. I gave it like, time and yeah. I can't say that, you know, and, and you know what? Who knows? Ten years from now, um, if I ever want to go back to school for my PhD or right. work in the corporate world, I mean, I have so much expertise now. I'm, yeah. I'm just, you just become more valuable. Yeah. Um, you mentioned passion, obviously, and that's a big reason why you still do what you do. Um, but like, did you did you have that passion from the beginning or did it? What, did you kind of grow into that? I grew into it, yeah. you know, and people always ask and assume that I was that child who loved, who was putting on their mom's lipstick when she was yeah. like three, four years old. But I wasn't that kid, yeah. actually, at all. Um, it just was, so, I'm a perfectionist by nature. Mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with me perfecting my makeup skills. Has it ever been a detriment to you? Um, yeah, you know, because sometimes things longer take things take longer than they should and just overthink a lot yeah yeah you know you're overthinking you're putting in so much time and you know some people are doing that doing what you're doing in half the time and and for me it wasn't about the money Mm -hmm. for such a long time it wasn't about the money and that's when I knew that it was there was so much passion there because I would take clients all the time and I would forget that they would even need to pay you know it was just I just loved doing Mm -hmm. what I was doing and I didn't mind I would take a lot of projects that didn't pay just so I can like be creative Right. So. And so, um, so now you're doing this full time. Um, was it was it just you? How long was it just you for? Because I think uh, I know you started bringing on more team members, mm-hmm. right? As you grew and like more clients and more clients, like, yeah. how what was that initial process like of like just going full time into doing makeup? So when I opened my first studio, it was it was small, but I had twelve stations. And I was just that's, really... That's considered small? It was like a 600 square foot type of place. Okay. I was just Got teaching it. and I... And I, I mean, had, I really don't know what I'm comparing against. No, so no. Well, now the space that I, ha- that I have is about 3,000 square Got feet. Got it. So when I say small, it's smaller than what I have right. now. And um, I was booked with my clients a year in advance. There was a lot of complaints because they want to book me and they can't. And they were constantly asking for referrals. And I was just kind of referring them to... Anybody I knew that was doing makeup at the time. And so I thought, you know, why don't I bring these people that I love their work into my studio? Mm-hmm. And, you know, my customers are still in under my roof and still very happy when they leave. So, um, you know, some I trained myself, some came with their expertise. And it just kind of started rolling from there. I started to teach a lot of classes and my students started to become successful and started working at my studio. So when I moved into a bigger space, uh, I think it was 2016, I had a lot of my students who... Um, and what was the studio started. called or what is it called? Uh, let's Makeup Studio. Got it. Mm-hmm. Where is it right now? It's in Sherman Oaks. Okay. And um, it's a beautiful space. Uh, and now I, it went from just me teaching to the artists there now teaching classes as well. So it created a lot of opportunities for them uh, in expanding their careers as well. Got it. 
So at what point do you decide that, okay, you know, I'm going to keep on doing this, but perhaps I'm going to go into the next venture, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously that, that happened. At what point did that happen? Um, it was at my old studio and I was working a lot. And when I say working a lot, I was taking studio, uh, I was taking clients throughout the week, um, photo shoots or whatever it was. I was teaching every night, six to 10, and I was taking clients from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. So I didn't have a day off. I did not have any spare time. And I thought, okay, where am I going to grow from here? Because I'm just one person mm-hmm. and I can only do so much. I can only teach so much. How do you give yourself a future and growth if you're, you you don't have that many hours it's in that a day? that infamous scaling problem that everyone deals with when you start a business or whatever. It's like, I need to hire people to help me and kind of yeah. take that off my, but I need to pay them, right? So I'm like, where's that money going to come from? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And, and and you get to a point where you're just like, okay, I, I can't split myself in half. Um, I, I, Unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Sometimes I, I would, believe it or not, you know, take two clients at the same time. But, you know, I, I just realized, I was like, okay, I need, a, I need to build a career in something that doesn't physically require me to be there all the time with clients or students. Uh, I need to be able to have growth with a sh- with the amount of time I have in a day mm-hmm. for a brighter future, for a better future. So, and that's when I decided that I'm going to have my own cosmetics line. Mm-hmm. So that what was year something. Is this? this is in 2014 I started so. uh, developing, and in 2015 I launched my And what brand. was the goal with the product line? I w- really wanted to create a brand that was classic, uh, not complicated. So it's easy for the consumers to use, but an artist has created it. So whatever it. I feel my consumers need is what Got I was it. able to deliver. And, and and I mean, forgive my ignorance here, but like how does it work with like in the makeup industry? Like is it mainly aesthetic that sets like this, you know, people look at it and like this is Lilith's aesthetic and like mm-hmm. this is what sh- the products she uses to make- get this aesthetic is that pretty much what it is uh, you're, you're, yeah, you're, <laughs> on you're, you're on okay. the right track you're on the right track exactly yeah. Yeah. I'm a little <laughs> concerned <laughs> now <laughs> I'm trying to understand hey you, know, you never know um, you know I when I first launched my brand it was uh, a line of foundations and what was it called sorry it was called El- it's called LC Cosmetics still the same yeah yeah it's LC Cosmetics Never and where does the name, name come from LC like- is my initials. Oh, okay. L oh, and C. I like that. And then it, all, cool. it, it I read somewhere on Google in Latin it means to be unique and that became Perfect. like, you know, big But it's spelled E L C I E. Yeah, I spelled it For out. For those that are listening, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so I, you know, I decided okay, I'm going to have a foundation line and my first set of customers cuz social media was like Instagram was brand new. It wasn't about makeup. Yeah. It was just lifestyle images. Mm-hmm. And my first set of customers were for Elsie were my were my customers from my uh, fifteen years of career, mm-hmm. so they trusted me in turn trusted my product and my brand, and that's kind of how it's gone till today, because they love my style and makeup, they love my technique, and it just I was in, able to incorporate that in my products and have them be able to do it themselves at home. Yeah. And give them those tools. Mm-hmm. And so was that like, what was the opportunity that you saw? Was it, was there like this, this was missing or was it more like I've built this clientele, I've built, I've built this uh, reputation and I can, you know, basically create a brand out of it now? Was like, what was the um Definitely. I didn't want to, I, I wanted to create my own brand for a few years before that, but I didn't want to create something just to create a brand because you'll, you'll not, you won't survive. Yeah. 
Uh, there's so many. There was many back then. Completely oh, saturated yeah. now. And so unless you have something unique and something different to offer, you're not going to stand out. And so for me, when I was teaching my students about makeup, products have a lot to do with it because mm -hmm. we all have different skin tones, skin types, and all these things play into factor. And I realized my consumers are confused when it comes to foundation. My students are confused. So I just wanted to create a simplified product that regardless of your skin type, mm -hmm. regardless of your um, coverage preference and things like that, you can't go wrong with this foundation. Mm -hmm. And it was simplified into 12 shades. So it was just very, it was a universal foundation Yeah, that didn't exist. And what was like the biggest challenge getting this? Because you had never done something like this before, no. right? Uh, what was the biggest like challenge getting it off the ground? Um, You know, I think it initially, I thought I did great because when I launched, you know, my customers and everybody who loved my brand uh, as Lilith's Makeup Studio or Makeup by Lilith, you know, was loving the product. Um, I just didn't know what potential it had until about six, seven months from then mm -hmm. uh, when a big YouTuber got a hold of it who was apparently following me for my work for a while and mm -hmm. I had no idea. I had no idea who she was. Her name is Jacqueline Hill and people in the beauty industry mm -hmm. know her very well. I was reading well. about her the other uh, day. She's, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Why was she? I, huge. We were looking up the brush, Morphe brushes. Oh, okay. oh that's right. And there was, and there <laughs> you guys know a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's for a work. good thing. Uh, but they... Morphe brushes, we were looking them up, and apparently they got sold to a private investor. Mm -hmm. And the rumors were that it was, was Jacqueline Hill. Right. Yeah. But oh, I haven't heard of that rumor. Yeah. It's probably not true because it got sold for 200 plus million. Yeah. And we we were like, I don't think she had that kind of money. But yeah. who knows? So Jacqueline Hill, if you're listening, yeah. confirm it with us. <laughs> She's... <laughs> She yeah, is so honestly Hill. great. She has yeah. a special place in my heart because, yeah. again, you know, you're you're new. And even if you sell 20, you think you're doing great, you know, yeah. because you just launched. And, yeah. you know, people want my people product. Are, people yeah. want my product. Yeah. And so, you know, seven months from them, it was actually my wedding weekend. Mm -hmm. so, so you're not married this whole time? Nope. I'm no not family, married. No. I, I'm just meeting yeah. David. Yeah. And, I, and I got engaged during this process. Yeah. And actually, that's another reason where I felt like I needed something else besides physically working all the time because yeah. I was never available for him anymore. Right, yeah. I wasn't available on the weekends. I was I was too tired at weeknights. I was like, okay, I need... This is while you were doing makeup. This is yeah. while I'm doing makeup. Yeah. So wedding weekend comes and my email is the day after my wedding. My emails are blowing up. It's going crazy. And then I'm finding out Jaclyn Hill is talking about my foundation. Whoa. Like she so made a video about it? She made she she just snapped about it, I believe, at the time. Oh, wow. She had just said, oh, this my God. Snapchat was like a lot. Snapchat yeah. was like newer, too. Yeah. And like I was barely still using it. But, you know, she jumps on it and everybody yeah. jumps on it. And so people were like, Jaclyn Hill is talking about your product. So I was like, who's Jaclyn Hill and what is happening? I thought my account had gotten hacked <laughs> and being spammed. I yeah. didn't understand what was happening. But I sold out of about four, three to four shades in my entire line. Hmm. I want to say about like 10,000 units wow. of product. So you wow. don't know you're doing well until, you know, you see the the yeah. potential and I'm has. guessing it's like I mean the way makeup is is like once you get a customer and they like your product they oh, just yeah. keep coming back right our foundation buyers are the most loyal foundation yeah. um, users yeah. I mean for years now they will, will not switch over to anybody else so um, absolutely so it was it was great exposure and I'm very thankful for her because she kind of put it out on the map and she purchased it herself mm -hmm. and 
Well, you hadn't sent it to her or anything. No, no. And then she did a YouTube review, and then that's, you know, it kind of went crazy there, Did you ever find out how she found out about the product? So she was following me because, you know, because I was doing makeup, and I was posting a lot of my work, so I guess she was inspired by my work. So she was just following my Instagram account, and um, when she saw that I developed it, she was like, okay, I got to try something that she's developed, so. That's awesome. That's how that started, yeah. You think you'll ever go back to doing makeup again? You know, I love doing makeup. I miss doing makeup. I just do not miss the schedule. <laughs> and yeah, I now can, you have a family. I have a family. That. I have a second one on the way in two months. And I cannot plan my life yeah. uh, around a client anymore. I'm sure you live like vicariously through your like previous former I students. Do, <laughs> I do. I do. I miss my students. I miss my customers. My customers have been literally coming to me f- the entire 15 years I did it. So I do miss them. And I do miss makeup. But occasionally I'll... You know, I started YouTube, and then I'll do it on friends and family. So I kind of feel yeah. like I still get to play with makeup in that sense. But um, the schedule is something I can't commit to, yeah, which is sure. why I kind of let it go. So um, I guess my last question would be, like, what do you see kind of the future of LC Cosmetics and even just, like, what, what you're doing, like, playing out? Mm-hmm. Um, my goal for LC Cosmetics, uh, first and foremost, is to go global because yeah. we are really just in the U.S. and we have a, a online retailer in London. But I really want my brand to be recognized globally. Mm-hmm. And I really want my brand to be something that lasts forever and not something that's just trending for the moment and Mm -hmm. i've worked really hard to make sure that i am seen that way with every single product that i've created from the beginning and what are i mean what are like based on what you've learned and what you think i guess what are the biggest challenges to taking a makeup brand global like because i can imagine like you know folks in different countries might be inclined to have i don't know different aesthetics or different products or i don't know like Mm -hmm. is are there any big Challenges or barriers? Um, yes, uh, several yeah. different ones. Um, for example, you know, in in Canada, you have to have French writing along with your English uh, on the label on the mm-hmm. label, yeah. right? So you know, you have to customize for that. In Australia, there are certain ingredients that they don't allow, so you might need to adjust in that sense. Um, there is a lot of the customs the fda and things that certain countries approve so it's a process yeah you can't just every do it country yeah. is going to be so different and it's just trying to take it one step at a time even um, if you're selling online like even if they bought from the u.s the, um, the, the regulations or no not a, so much yeah. that uh the problem with shipping overseas is it costs a lot to the customer right so you want to have more of a yeah. footprint there. yeah it yeah. costs a lot to the customer and um you it's hard to keep a track of the product itself. So it's just little minor details that it's just, it's a lot. It's mm-hmm. a lot to handle. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to make sure that we establish ourselves in the U.S. before, you know, we, we open the doors in that sense. Got it. Well, that was Lila Cardanian uh, <laughs> sharing her story of sort of becoming a makeup artist and transitioning to an entrepreneur businesswoman having her own uh, product line. So really excited to see where LC goes from here. Thank and you. thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. This is a lot of fun. <laughs>